0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Saying that in faith gives the Lord access to begin doing it for you immediately because you're agreeing with Him. You know, he, Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so uh, his words are uh, different from the words of just men. Um, They do things for you that you're beyond your your conscious awareness. Uh, God created matter and energy and everything by the words of His mouth. And so, everything I mean, from the soil to the air to atoms to plasma to you name it responds to His words because it's actually created out of the same substance of His words. And so you, your skin, your brain, and the parts of you that you can't see, your spirit, your soul, responds to the Word of God. And it, it, when you receive it uh, in faith and with expectation... It's like sunshine and water and miracle grow on a little flower. Hallelujah. <laughs> your spirit eats it up. Your, your soul just begins to bloom and blossom. The Word of God causes you to increase and enlarge and things, all of His good things to multiply. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I uh, said out loud, like Mary said of old, said out loud, Lord be it unto me. Lord be it according to your word. According to your words. I, receive, I receive and I believe. And I respect All of your words. My good God. Your words, your words are, life to me are life to me and health and, health. and medicine, and medicine. To, all to all my flesh. Quicken me, Quicken me. According, to your word. according to your word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Go with me again to Hebrews, the third chapter in our text that we've been looking at in our series that we're calling... Overcoming unbelief. He had said in verse 7, Hebrews 3 7, wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear His voice, don't harden your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Don't do what they did. Verse 10, I was grieved with that generation. They do always err in their heart, and they've not known my ways. Now, when He says, don't do what they did, And this is not the only, he said it a couple of more times in the same chapter. Don't do what they did. 1 Corinthians 10 says the very same kind of thing. Don't do what they did. Well, what if you don't even know what they did? Mm -hmm. Huh? Mm -hmm. Well, you're at a a great disadvantage, Mm -hmm. right? You don't even know. You could be doing what they did and you wouldn't realize it. Which is why we're taking all this time to go back and look at what they did so that we don't do it. He said, they always err in their hearts, they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Their unbelief robbed them of God's plan, of God's blessing, of God's best. Sometimes people have said, well, no, now if it's the plan of God, it's going to happen. That's not true. That's not what the Bible teaches. It's not true. He's not going to force you to believe Him and obey Him and cooperate with His plan. Now, if you're talking about the overall plan of God, there are certain things that are going to be done whether you think so or you like it or not. But what that means is He'll wind up using somebody else and you'd be left out. So certain aspects concerning the building of His church, the accomplishing and fulfilling of prophecies and some of these things, they're going to happen with you (laughs) or without you. But when it comes to his will for you individually, for me individually, no, that will not automatically happen, even though it's the will of God. All you got to do is look around on the planet to see there are all kinds of things happening that are not God's will. Not his plan, not his will. How can that be if he's all-powerful and all-knowing? Because he really made human beings with a free will. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if somebody has a free will, they can decide not to listen to you. They can decide to rebel against you, and humanity has. And that's why all of the sin and the death and the curse is going on. But God's will is good. His will was for them to go into the promised land. It didn't change. Even after they were gone and their children had grown up, plan was the same. Is that right? And they went in. That next generation went in, proving it could be done. They faced the same giants, the same walled cities, the same issues and challenges their parents said were impossible to get through, but they did get through it. And they did go into and possess the promised land. So, God doesn't change. His will doesn't change. His plan doesn't change, but that doesn't mean you and I have to be a part of it. I volunteer to be a part. Is that right? Of the plan. How about you? I want to see a show of hands. How many say, I volunteer volunteer. to be a part part. of the plan of God? Well, what you're saying is, I'm going to cooperate, I'm not going to resist the plan of God. I'm going to cooperate with the plan of God. I'm going to yield to his direction and follow him. So he kept on saying, verse 12, Take heed lest there be an evil heart of unbelief in you. Verse 15, if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. They couldn't enter in because of that unbelief. Go back to uh, Numbers 16, please. And let's, let's continue in our 11th event we reviewed a little bit on yesterday's class, the previous 10 events, and if you haven't been with us, let me encourage you, go online, faithschool.org, o r g, and um, all of these messages are available there at no cost, at no charge. In fact, there's over 500-something as of uh, this, today's class, there's over 500-something messages on faith and uh uh class some of you have been in some of those do you recommend that they go back and get them and you think you think you would help them and yes. what we're doing now is actually built on some of that leading up to this so go back faithschool.org and and look at the series and listen to what uh, what stands out to you and what what prompt what the lord prompts you to no, uh, number 16 after k-barnea after The Lord had told him, you know, you're going to get what you've been saying. You've been saying we're all going to die out here. That's what's going to happen. You don't want to believe me. You don't want to trust me. And this is after 10 major events. This is after all the signs and wonders. God's not being impatient. He's not being unreasonable. These folks just won't work with him. He, He just can't convince them to trust him. So he said, okay, all right, turn around. Go back into the wilderness. So they did. And here's what happens next. Chapter 16, now Korah, the son of Ishar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi. And this is a significant thing in this chapter that he and his were part of the family and tribe of the Levites. Uh, Because God had chosen them to be, we'd probably call helps ministry there was Aaron and his sons and family were the priests and then there were the the sons and families of Levi that were the uh, they were called the priests and the levites uh the uh, those that ministered within the veil in the holy of holies nobody else could do that and then the levites were the ones who set up the tabernacle and Packed it up and unpacked it and carried it and helped with the sacrifices and the fires and I mean there was just a myriad of things they did, and uh, but it was ministry, ministry, and so Korah is one of these, and he is leading a rebellion against Moses and against Aaron who is uh, the head of the priests that he as a Levite is supposed to be helping. So this is the helps ministry rising up to overthrow the priests and the, the God's headman, Moses. So they rose up him and Dathan and Abiram, and they rose up before Moses and with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes in the assembly, famous, they were well known in the congregation, men of renown. So this is something they had to plan and had to coordinate for some time. They're talking amongst themselves. And does this sound like God's enemy? This uh, forming a rebellion and an overthrow and a usurping. See, the devil is always trying to do this, whether it's in a family or a church or a business or a government, you name it. He's always trying to stir up strife, stir up bitterness, animosity, accusations, and throw off any submission or any respect and usurp and overthrow and take over. And God hates it. I mean, He hates it. And if God hates it, help me out. We should hate it. Is that right? What's the opposite of that? The opposite of that is being submissive. But see, the devil hates that word. Oh, he can't can't abide that word. And the more fleshy you are, the less you like it. You know? And boy, we live in a society that treats that word like a cuss word. Oh, no, submit, submit. What century you think you're living in? No. We don't submit to anybody. Really? Then are you a Christian? Because the way you become a Christian is submission to the Lordship of Jesus. Is that right? And submission to Him, if you're going to submit to Him, He's really going to be your Lord moving forward day in, day out. Submission to Him is submission to His Word. Submission to his spirit and submission to his people that he has put in positions of authority. Now, I know a lot of, most people don't live that way, but most people forfeit protection and blessing too. Smart ones submit. Do I have any smart ones in the class? Okay, three, four, all right. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you the truth. They rose up. In this rebellion, in verse 3, they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and they said to them, you take too much on you. Now let's just stop right there. Is that respectful? No. That's completely disrespectful. You know, you need to understand that no matter what you see or understand, it doesn't mean you have a place to correct everyone. Where hmm? your elders are concerned. Even if you even if it's glaring that you see somewhere they're wrong, that doesn't mean you have a place to correct them. And you're not the only one who can. God has many ways of talking to people. Is that right? And um it's important to understand and always defer to the greater anointing. And you'll find in their statements, they're implying there is no uh, special place or anointing or grace or call. Notice what they say. You take too much on you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord's among them. Wherefore, or why then do you lift up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord? Now, this happened many centuries ago, but the same spirits are in the earth today, and you'll hear the very same things people talking. Uh, You know, all of us know God, all of us have the Spirit. And see, the implication is, there is no special calling or anointing above another. And that's not true. I said, that's not true. Uh, you know, we talked about this uh, a few classes ago out in 1 Corinthians. Uh, well, in fact, let's just hold, hold your place here and go turn and look at it. Some might not be familiar with it. 1 Corinthians 12 And 27, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some, some, is that all? That's not all. Some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. Why say that? Why say some? Why say first? Second, third, is there rank and place in the church? See, a lot of people don't believe that. They're like, oh no, no, you know, we're all we're all equal. We're all equally loved, we're all equally saved, we all have equal rights to the Holy Spirit and being healed, but we are not all equally called, are equally anointed, are equally graced are equally authorized concerning some of the things concerning church and ministry. That's not true. Can you see that's what Korah was saying, though? And a, and a whole bunch of uh, Korah, uh, Dathan, Abiram, and 250 leaders. 250. So this is a bunch. They're gathered out there, and these are, are well-known people. Uh, they're men and uh, people of name. And they're all nodding their heads. That's right. Who are you? Who put you in charge? You're, nobody's above anybody else out here. And they are blatantly contradicting what God has said and His choice. Because He has made, He did make choice among them. How many people did He appear to in a burning bush? <laughs> Help me out, church. How, how, how many? Huh? Have you have you ever read it? Uno, is that right? One, <laughs> one, just just one. How many people did did God say? You know, stretch your rod out, and He split the Red Sea. You know, how, how many? I mean, again and again and again. Y- you have to be absolutely blinded. Not to see these things. What had these people seen? They saw the signs and wonders in Egypt. They saw that mighty empower, empire brought to its knees by the power of God until they gave them their money and asked them, please leave. Mm-hmm. Is that right? right? That would have never happened. Not in 10,000 years. That would have never happened on its own. God did it. And who's leading the way? Huh? Who shows up? Even though he's a wanted man, his picture's on a poster at the post office. (laughs) He shows back up in Egypt, goes right up to the palace and says, I need to talk to Pharaoh. Waltzes right in and says, Jehovah says, (laughs) let my people go. Who else volunteered for that job? <laughs> because you know, I'm sure the court there with Pharaoh, they were shocked every time Moses and Aaron left alive. I'm sure they were just shocked. But then after they saw a few signs and wonders, they weren't shocked anymore. They're like, "Yes, let them go. No, don't mess with. Them. Don't touch them. Don't touch them." And still, you see how the enemy breathes this deception and this blindness into people's hearts and minds. Well who do they think they are? Who do they who put them in charge? Doesn't clash anybody know the answer to that question? Who put them in charge? God chose them. He chose them. He put them in charge and he takes it personally when you disrespect the one he chooses. I said he takes it personally. Have you read enough scripture? Are you familiar enough to know that God takes a delegation very, very seriously? Yes. Let me read some New Testament scriptures to you. John 13, 20. John 13, 20. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, he that receives whomever I send receives me. And he that receives me, receives him that sent me. Did they disrespect the Father when they didn't receive and respect Jesus? Yes, they did. Worst mistakes you could make. And then Jesus said the same thing is true with me about who I send. And you know, in John 17, he talked about it. He said, just like the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And he goes on to say uh, in Luke 10... Luke 10, 16, he that hears you, hears me. He that despises you, despises me. And he that despises me, despises him who sent me. Does the Lord take delegation seriously? Yes. Should we? Yes. And see, again and again, these people thought they, they just had a problem with Moses and Aaron. And they didn't mind murmuring against them, speaking against them. But uh, repeatedly uh, uh, for instance one of the previous uh, events that we looked at when they were murmuring against Moses and Aaron, the Lord spoke up and said, I hear your murmurings that you murmur against me. Now I'm sure they were thinking, no, 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 not you God, it's just Moses. We're sick and tired <laughs> but uh uh-uh. uh he takes it personally do you remember when saul before he got saved and became paul the apostle he was persecuting the church he was dragging people out of their homes and taking them to jail he he stood by and and uh, affirmed and agreed while they stoned stephen and uh, he was on the, on the road to damascus to do some more of it and he met the glorified Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Light so bright. It blinded him. He hit the dust. And he, uh, uh, the Lord spoke and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Did you hear that? Yeah. Now I'm sure. And he says, who are you, Lord? He's like, I didn't do anything to you. Who who? Now I noticed he added this Lord. <laughs> he didn't know who he was, but he knew whoever he is, he's Lord. And the Lord didn't say, "Why are you persecuting my people? Why are you persecuting my Christian? No, he he said, "Why are you doing this to me? To me?" Well, then uh, uh, we can see for sure. Then somebody, uh, a man, a woman, that he calls. He chooses, you know. Um, Peter said this uh, when the Lord sent him. You know, he, he fell in that trance and uh, he, he he realized he's supposed to go uh, with these Gentiles and he went to their house and preached to them, which just was not done in their circles in that day. And um, uh, then they called him on the carpet about it when he got back and wanted to find fault and. Later on, he said, you remember that God made choice by my mouth that the Gentiles should hear the Word of God. He's saying on that occasion that he had a right to stand up and say something and speak, a right to to be heard because God had chosen him when he could have chosen somebody else, right? God's choice everybody say God's choice God's choice was Moses God's choice no question I mean how could you not see it and Aaron was God's choice and in rejecting God's choice is God going to take this personally have you read the rest of number 16 Mm -hmm. what happened to Korah and his bunch did God take it personally I mean very personally And I mean, this was dealt with in the next 24 hours in a really severe way. Why? Because it's exactly the same as Korah, Dathan, and Abiram getting in God's face and challenging him and telling him how holy they are and how they don't need his leaders and they don't need his, well, that's time for something to happen. Right? This kind of disrespect, should it be tolerated? Should it be condoned? Certainly not. Everybody said out loud, Father God, Father God teach, me, teach me, reveal to me, reveal to me your honor, your, honor, your respect, your respect for, you, for you, your spirit, your, spirit, your, word, your word, and your people. And your people. I realize realize your choice choice of men and women, women. they're people like me. me. They make mistakes. mistakes. But But I choose choose to respect your choice choice regardless of what they do. Hallelujah. 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 Say it out loud respect Respect God's God's choice. Always. Always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Bible said that concerning uh, your parents even. Uh, it said children obey your parents. That's not adults. That's children. But even as adults, you are to respect and honor your parents. That's not something they have to earn. That's something you do because God told you to. Amen. Is that right? Amen. Independent of how they act or what they do. Why? Because it was God's choice that you came into this world through them. Is that right? And you should respect that the rest of your life and past this life. Right? Because God could have put you anywhere else at any other time and any other culture or continent or whatever. Say it out loud again. I I respect God's choice. God's choice. Always. Hallelujah. 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 And our time's up again today. Uh, as you can see, there's a lot more to learn here. Come back tomorrow. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.